This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and it's the season start podcast, the first podcast of the season. Well, not quite exactly. Well, it is, I suppose, it's the first podcast of the season. It's the first match of the season. We've got Tottenham Hotspur coming down to New Griffin Park, and uh, we're finally getting excited. It's a bit of a weird one because it's one of those ones that's been looming in the background for ages. All of a sudden, bang, it hits you right in the face and we've we've been to pre-season games we've been to the pub we've been going to the beach we've been doing all the sorts of stuff but all of a sudden football is back and i'm feeling really good that football is back my name's billy grant i'm sitting here in the virtual joint with laney in the house laney you happy that the season's back yes i am i'm i'm really excited for it now um you know it, it seems to have been a, a kind of a long build-up with us going away to the states and um the Lille match at the weekend we seem to be ready um there's obviously a big bit of looming news that's been hanging over us pretty much the whole summer which looks like it's come to a head but yeah the, the, it's, it's great that we we're back in the prem and we've got such a big game as, as the first, as the curtain raiser. So, uh, yeah, and, and Tottenham are obviously with their own transfer issues as well. With Harry Kane, looks like he's, uh, he's about to sign or about to go. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's a really kind of buzzy start to the 23-24 the season, mate. Definitely uh, a buzzy start, as you say, as a Bees fan and there as well. So, like I said to you, first of all, I want to sort of a big, big shout out to everybody who has listened and supported us all through the summer. Uh, as you know, like I said, we went to, to America and Door. We did a podcast every day. Check it out, Pride of West London. It's definitely really worth checking out. Like I said to you, all the American bees that we met out there, the Peruvian bees, the Idaho bees, the Tallahassee bees, the you know, Houston bees. You know, there's all sorts of characters that we met out there. You should definitely check it out because you'll definitely get a flavour of the American culture and the Americans supporting football we're not going to say soccer and also kind of you know just our thoughts behind it and also their thoughts behind supporting a team like Brentford why do they support teams like Brentford so check that out pride of west.london like I said to you but you know they were getting as excited as we were for the first game of the season you know we're very lucky because fans can get out of the stadium watch a game you know at the moment now there's lots of uh, activity happening between fans trying to work out you know 
whether or not they can, you know, transfer their tickets over because some of them might be on holiday, how fans are going to be getting ready to go down to the pubs early down at the Globe and all places like that as well. So there's a lot of activity. But also in America, as we found out, there's a lot of activity where people are stationing themselves in different bars. I didn't realise there were so many bees bars all around the state. So we've got the New York City Brentford Bar as well, which is gearing itself up on Sunday and actually going to be back in there on Sunday in the bar in, uh, in New York City on Bleecker Street as well, the Red Lion. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that as well uh, with, the, with the cool man and his crew down there as well. And also there's the Washington and bees are going to be gearing themselves up in Venice to watch the game as well and there's plenty of others Atlanta bees and all that lot so it's really interesting to find out like it's not only our routine that you have to look forward to like I said to you there's all sorts of different routines going all the way around the world and there have been wilds with our Hong Kong bees and our Dubai bees and our international bees I mean just just you know before we just kind of move on to the season Eleni we kind of knew that this was happening, but kind of how blown away are you by this kind of finding out there's almost like these little subcultures of bees happening everywhere and you've actually had a chance to actually see them? Yeah, it was a, it was a real eye-opener to see it in the flesh, if I'm honest. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure the club itself are kind of really aware. And I think um, they're probably more so now because they, they, they you know, laid on um, sort of uh, fan gatherings on, on the evening before most of the games over a stateside. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. I think the Philadelphia one, there was like, you know, a couple of hundred plus Brentford fans that had, had kind of congregated at that pub, <clears throat> less so at the other two venues. But I, I inside the state, stadiums um, because we weren't able to kind of you know it wasn't easy to buy tickets all together they we were kind of dispersed but uh, yeah it was it was mind-boggling just to see how many Brentford shirts were, were around and we're talking you know thousands and um, it, it was yeah it, it's something that um, as I said it impressed me um, they were all really into the bees and they actually by and large all got us um, they understood the, you know, the culture and the, the reason um, uh, they followed us was due to you know, our exciting brand of football and the underdogness of us. So um, they weren't, it wasn't all about just because we were in the Prem, but you know, the, the, the global audience just increases week on week. And you know, this game against Spurs will be beamed around the world. And if we can pull off a, you know, another one of our brilliant um, you know, performances and brilliant wins, um, you know, it's it's only going to underpin what's already what's already started to happen. So yeah, it's, it, it was brilliant to see. Um, but you know, my own routine is is sort of match day, getting down to the pub, um, getting into the into the game. That's that's not going to change. But yeah, you're right to highlight the fact that beyond that, there's 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 tens of thousands that are kind of tuning in and um, and rooting for us. That's right. And, and talking about the Spurs game, we're going to be talking about the Spurs game a little bit later. We've got Ricky from Last Word on Spurs and he's going to be giving us the lowdown on that Tottenham game. But just going back to this season, I mean, like I said to you, we've had these pre-season games. We won't go into it too much because like I said to you, you can check out the American Tour on Prada West London. And also we had the Lille game at the weekend and there was a post-match podcast after the Lille game as well, where, you know, fans gave their impressions on that. A nil all draw that was. You know, there is... Um, I'd say that, you know, if you, if you look at it, I mean, OK, we, we scored some great goals out in America. I mean, Josh De Silva's goal was absolutely fantastic. We scored some great goals. Um, we haven't seen a win out of any of our pre-season matches, though, Laney. Does this concern you? Mm, not really. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always better to win. And you, you kind of, uh, you know, the, the, everything feels so much more positive. But 
the, the, the chances we created in all, in all of the games, including the you know the two 0 defeat where we didn't score against Brighton, <clears throat> and and the game against Lille as well, their goalkeeper pulled off a couple of absolutely blinding saves. Um, it, it means that we we are doing all the right things. We're getting the ball wide. We're attacking with pace. We're uh, we're passing quickly. We've got an energy about us. We've got confidence about us. Um, we've got some proper skillful players that are going to cause you know they cause havoc and torment defenders up and down the country this year. We haven't got an Ivan Tony. That's that is uh, that's a fact. Um, and Wiesa Wiesa's looked all right. Um, and uh, Kevin Sharder, who I think we're all expecting to be the one that kind of fills those Ivan Tony shaped boots. He was kept a bit of a secret on Saturday morning. Um, <clears throat> there were two games that happened against Lyon, one in the afternoon where the fans um, saw, and there was a, a, behind, a behind closed doors one where you know Norgard was given his given his run out and Sharda was 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 given his number nine role. So I think I think there's a lot like a lot went on last weekend. I think as you know I said it in the post match podcast that any Spurs scouts or any Spurs kind of management and coaching staff they won't they'll they, they, they're none the wiser about what's going to face them on uh, on Sunday so it's it's I think there was a lot of that going on um, but yeah so going back to your question is it are you bothered that we haven't won no I'm not and um, you know there's nothing I've seen with my eyes during the build-up to the start of the season that's given um, yes, we could probably be strengthened in in one or two areas, but there's players to come back in those in those areas as well. You know, Norgard didn't take place, didn't didn't travel to the states. Um, we we're relying on him. Um, you know, there's a huge positives in in built in the in the build up to this. KLP, uh, Kinos Potter. We've you know we've we've um, obviously kind of not queried, but you know we didn't see him anywhere near his best last year. He, he's looked electric in, in pre-season. Brian Abumo looks like he's he's stepped up. He's got he's he's, he's got he's matured. He's got a, a, a bit more of a swagger about him. He's not kind of um, looking over to Ivan as as kind of like second fiddle. He's he knows he's the main man. Um, yeah, there's a couple of areas. You know, Flecken hasn't had a brilliant start, um, but he looked all right. Um, um, he just needs to grow in confidence, I think. I think I really do think you know that he's, he's he's unsettled slightly with the move. He just needs to kind of just just get minutes under his belt and um, make a couple of saves. I'm sure he'll be all right. So yeah, I, I, I'm not overly concerned, mate. Okay, and, and and talking about Flecken, obviously Flecken's the goalkeeper we just signed in as well from Freiburg as well. We've signed him in um, a, a, another about ten million, eleven million pounds as he is to be the goalkeeper who is going to be playing alongside David Raya because as you may know or may not know out there because David Raya, uh, his contract was up next summer. He decided that he wasn't going to sign a contract, which to us basically highlighted the fact that he wanted to move on. And there was a lot of talk about David Raya moving on to various different clubs. Brentford went straight in, bang. They bought Flecken. Now they've got to do a bit of work on Flecken, but you know, they believe in him, obviously. But we had the scenario where at one moment, Tottenham Hotspur and um, uh, David Raya were talking. And it looked like he was going to go to Tottenham Hotspur. And, you know, from our, from what we could gather, you know, the club was sort of going, mm, all right, okay, well, let's see what's going to go on here. <laughs> and uh, even though apparently he was talking to Tottenham Hotspur and he'd done the deal with Tottenham Hotspur, you know, the deal wasn't done with Brentford. So this deal seemed to have broken down. 
it's moved to the next level now. Now, Arsenal have come in. Some people say surprisingly, and they've come in for David Raya. Um, and now the deal has been agreed. In effect, it's £30 million that David Raya is going to go to Arsenal, has gone to Arsenal for. And he's, oh, I said to you, he, he's, he is out the door. He's left. He's gone to Arsenal. He's very, very happy. David, now, I mean, I'll tell you a little story there about David Raya. Because David Raya always wanted to go to Arsenal. We know this as well. I think it was three years ago. Was it three seasons ago? It was other two or three seasons ago. Arsenal came in with an offer for David Raya for, I think it was £10 million. They came in for an offer for £10 million. <laughs> he just went, yeah, 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 having a laugh at you. And so I don't think they pursued it anymore. They just kind of left it. And then they went on and they bought Ramsdale from Sheffield United. Now, interestingly, they bought Ramsdale from Sheffield United the season that Sheffield United got relegated back down to the championship. So, you know, he was relegated. He's going to be in the championship. They got him, put him on board. I think they paid £24 million for him. And since then, he's gone from strength to strength. So they're very happy with the Ramsdale. Or, or, or question mark, are they very happy with the Ramsdale? Because he's done, he's done a job for them. Now... Interestingly, all of a sudden, you know, we've got this scenario where David Raya has got this move to Arsenal. And, you know, the first question you ask is, oh, hold on a second, but they've, but they've got Ramsdale. And the, the thing that I said to myself is, does this mean that they're selling Ramsdale? Does that mean that they don't want Ramsdale? Or are they going to be going for sort of kind of two high quality keepers, you know, in the, in the mixer? And they're going to be sort of kind of pushing each other for the first place. Now, for me, obviously, we talked about this before at Brentford. Brentford, they say in the, in the Premier League, you always need um, a d couple of decent quality keepers. But I mean, that's taking it to the next level. And my personal opinion is I think that that Raya is going to be out pipping Ramsdale and Ramsdale is going to be moving on from Arsenal. And it's not because I don't like him. Not, not, he's not a great guy. But I think the way that um, Arteta wants to play, he wants to play with players like Raya, you know, basically sweeper keepers, you know, almost like a midfielder in goal. Okay. Um, apparently there's an, there's an, there's an, there's an article in the players tribune. If you check it out as well, there's an article, um, really good article, um, of Ram Ramsdale. And he seems like a really, really nice guy. And he was talking about certain issues. He's talking about his brother who, you know, who, 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 his brother's gay. And he was talking about sort of kind of like, you know, the homophobia in and around football and in and around the players and how it kind of peed him off a little bit. But also he seems really grounded, a really nice guy. But then he flipped into talking about how Arteta wanted to play him and he basically said Arteta wanted him to push up the pitch the pitch and he was like what you mean this far and then he's going no even further and then he's like going oh my god I'm, I'm, I'm practically on the halfway line and you can see that it's probably something that he wasn't completely comfortable with and I think that maybe Arteta's trying to push him to play in a particular way because you know there's certain managers that do play in that way and he's looked at David Raya obviously maybe a couple of years ago they wanted Marcel wanted to buy him beforehand but he's now turned around and saying listen this is the keeper that I want let me get him in probably in a similar way that we got Thomas Frank in with, uh, with with Dean Smith you just come in you just sit there just bide your time just do your thing and whatever and then we'll get you in eventually because I don't think there's any way that David Raya is going to be going to Arsenal thinking I'm going to be sitting on the bench for the next four years absolutely no way in it Laney no, you're spot on there. It's what David Raya brings to a team and it's obviously what we're going to miss out on with him going. Uh, he is one of the most exciting, dynamic, um, front foot, 
great passes of the ball um, there is around. You know, you look at his show reel, you look at his YouTube clips. You know, we don't have to. We've 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 seen it with our own eyes. But he's, he's exceptional, and you know, I, I don't think you can replace him. You know, that's that's the that's the you know the negative side of this. Yeah, we can you know obviously be pleased that it looks like we've got closure now, and there's there's kind of like this dark cloud that was hanging over our preseason. It's drifted off to to the Emirates, but you know there we may not see his like again, and I think that's that's the thing that I'm scratching my head about with Tottenham fans who seem to be kind of uh, um, almost you know almost gloating that they we haven't quite got what we thought we would get. We were holding out for forty million apparently, and it looks like we're going to get thirty. But there'll be there'll be add-ons there. There'll be you know there'll be there'll be other kickings there if if you know if he does the business um and it so it's what it's it's the it's the front foot way of playing and you're right to highlight the fact that arteta wants wants he's got he's got a footballing philosophy and he's got the kind of exciting players you know we've seen what raya can do at brentford with our squad you know it, it isn't disloyal to say that arsenal have got a better squad than us and you put him in there and get him playing like he does He's gonna he's gonna ping that ball to, to players that are just gonna they're just gonna run and run at most defences. Yeah, I mean I, I think Arsenal will still fall short this season because they haven't got a striker uh, as you know a striker the same as Man City. Um, but they are gonna be playing at their peak more often. I'd say with Raya in the team, and and I know I wish him well, and I'm I'm glad it's kind of over. Um, and I, I just think it's, it will do us all. It's kind of quite cathartic that we can kind of now move on. Um, we have to get behind Flecken and Strakosha, um, and you know I'm sure they'll do all right. But yeah, there's, there's obviously just a nagging kind of regret that that's come to an end because I, I, I don't think we'll see the like of Raya again. That kind of player, um, he's, he's one of a kind, Bill. Yeah, and an interesting. We are talking about the fact that we are playing Spurs. Okay, so we're playing. <laughs> we're playing Spurs on Saturday, on Sunday, and uh, and Spurs are the team that was very heavily linked with Raya. There was a lot of chat, a lot of online chat, a lot of chat on the line. You know about saying how Spurs was linked with David Raya. Now the interesting thing is that the process that happened this way was like you know I mean a lot of people say hold on a second how could how could he be talking to Spurs and not to the club first? Unfortunately, that's the way that things are happening nowadays. Even though technically you're meant to agree with the club, agree the, uh, the fee with the club, and then the next then you go on and then you do the negotiating with the player it doesn't happen like that so basically players and their agents they go off and they're talking and they sort things out and then after that there's the pressure to be put onto the club so the the the, the reality is that the club had no idea what was going on it's like you know raya and uh raya and the agent go off and do the business and then when you're ready tottenham come to us and uh let's see where we're gonna what we're gonna do so the club was waiting I'm waiting and waiting and everyone's talking about oh Tottenham put in 30 million they put in 40 million they put in 20 million Tottenham did not bid at all for David Raya there was a lot of talk about them bidding for David Raya but there was not a bid that came in for David Raya so all this talk about he should have gone here and Arsenal have got one up on this at the other and Tottenham have done this it's nonsense absolute nonsense like they they didn't put the bid in and the club weren't worried i'm sure they weren't worried because at the end of the day they know and they keep on saying the transfer window ends 
at the end of August, right? We've still got plenty of time, you know, we've still got three weeks. They're like, you know, anything could happen in three weeks. You know, deals are done in like, you know, in a couple of hours in, in the last day, you know what I'm saying? So they weren't really worried at all. So the fact is that, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, you never know whether it was the agent was just trying to hype things up, trying to hype things up, maybe trying to get spurs on the case so that Arsenal come to the table or whatever like that. But no, Tottenham, for all their talk and all their fan talk, never came to the party on David Raya um, as far as making a bid for the club. So there's an argument to say that they they weren't really serious. And then they, they ended up going out. In fact, that's right. I think that they wanted to bid 20 million. I think they were going to put a bid for 20 million, but they never put the bid forward um, because Brentford weren't going to accept a bid for 20 million. So the bid never came forward. So they ended up going buying the other player for 20 million now, the other goalkeeper. Now, whether or not this other goalkeeper is going to be any good for less money, it's kind of one of those weird ones. It's like with Tottenham, you know, were they end up paying five or ten million and getting a quality keeper or maybe they might be doing the scouting very well and actually uh getting this other player you know getting getting this other keeper um you know and, and done the scouting well and just got this other keeper i mean vicario vicario from um from empoli that's right that's right and 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 this is the thing you know and that's why we try and we don't kind of get involved in all this sort of gossip stuff in and around the transfer window i know it might be exciting for people but half the time i'll be honest with you there's so much nonsense flying around we kind of just do our due diligence a little bit put a few phone calls in we find out that most of the news is a load of nonsense so we just kind of hold down on it until we actually actually heard a little bit of info and then hopefully when we do we come to you we come with something which has got a little bit of substance i mean does, does that surprise you about tottenham laney no, it doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. They seem to they seem to kind of um, bask in being a law and law unto themselves, and they won't be held to ransom, famously by you know Daniel Levy is, is kind of um, he's kind of he's, he's, he's criticised, but also lauded by by Spurs. Like it's almost like they want him to spend more money, but when it comes to buying, they don't they don't want him to pay. You know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like they bought into the the Levy kind of mantra. But you know, it's almost like the opposite to Arsenal, who their fans just want him to spend just loads of money, isn't it? Kind of. I mean, I, th- I think you know, I think there are is divided fan base. There are people that want him to go Levy, and we saw that when we we beat them at their place at the end of the season. There was banners around, and they they, they you know they want him out, but and we wanted him um, to stay. Yeah, of course we did. But, you know, the, the fact is, you know, while we're talking about it, you know, and we, and we have to, they, they have missed out because, you know, they, they've got a, they've got a style of, of play problem that, that's been like, you know, been there since Mourinho and Antonio Conte. And it's, they've been, been seen as, you know, not playing the Spurs way and just being negative and, you know, it, it, and the fans just really being unhappy with what they've been served up every week. And, you know, that... that David Raya signing would have really started a new blueprint for them, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't care, I don't personally care where he goes, you know, but as long as Brentford do all right out of it, but you know, there was an opportunity for for, for Spurs to to get, you know, as I said, one of the most exciting um, progressive. Uh, goalkeepers in the in the business and to set them up for a new way of playing and I'm sure Spurs would have loved what what they you know what could have been achieved with Raya in their team. Now yeah. they they've just not they've not shown any imagination. They either they you know make they maybe they rate this other guy you know this um, Vicario more, but I, not based on stats surely and not based on on, on Premier League experience. So I, they really missed a trick there. I think. 
definitely. And just coming back to David Ray as well, going to Arsenal. So again, the Arsenal fans now coming thinking, yeah, we're really clever, aren't we? The fee structure, everyone's been a little bit confused by that because basically he's gone on loan with a three million pound loan fee. And then on the top of that, then there's a 27 million pound activation fee. And a lot of people are going, oh, Brentford fans, some of them losing their shizzle, as they say, going, I can't believe we've lost out because we could have got more money from Tottenham. No, you couldn't have done because they didn't put a bid. Uh, but the second thing is also it's, um, it, you know, they're saying, you know, so we're going to loan him to Spurs for, you know, to Arsenal for three million. Then if they don't like him, they'll send it back at the end of the year. And, and then we've been done. No, that isn't how it's going to work. <laughs> it, it's complicated to explain exactly what it is, but let's just put it this way. We've got £30 million coming for this. The activation will happen, okay? We've done a deal in a particular way because we're working together with the club at the other end. You know, it works for us. Cash flow situation, you know, if we've got the money coming, we're good to go, to be quite honest with you. Um, so we've got £30 million. We'll have, you know, a, we'll, we'll have a, um, uh, a sell-on fee and everything like that as well at the back end of it. But in effect, David Rayo is going for £30 million to Arsenal. No, we're not getting all the money up front. I think we did a... I think we we did a funky little deal like this probably for a lot less money in the championship as well i remember one time where we put a little bit of money and there was a loan deal but then afterwards ryan, we ryan, ryan woods yeah i think it's that's right as ryan woods so we did a funny funky little deal for that but just basically it kind of worked out best for both teams and and that's kind of how we're doing it to get it out the door he wanted to go to arsenal you know they are an interesting because they're at the moment from what I can gather is that they're a little bit of a pickle because they've been, if you haven't noticed, Arsenal have been spending quite a lot of money recently. I mean, like, you know, £100 million plus on Declan Rice. I mean, they, they do spend quite, all of a sudden they've gone mad post the Wenger era and spending quite a lot of money. You know, um, I think at the moment now, from what I can gather, they are kind of wangling over how they're going to do the Declan Rice um, instalments as well. You know, kind of how are we going to put that into place? Because again, it's a little bit of a pickle and they don't want to get themselves into financial problems. So I think we've come in, you know, you want to buy the goalkeeper, we've kind of helped them out to a certain extent because we know we're going to get the money anyway and we've helped them out in a way which will make it happen. So for us, David Rea is off. We've done the deal. It's 30 million. The, re the reality is, if you ask for 40 million, you know what I'm saying, you know, you expect to get what, 30 million, 35 million, you know, something like that. So I think Brentford are kind of sort of spot on where they expected to be with this keeper and uh, happy days and we move on. Yeah, no, and if, if that's the way it's structured and, you know, let's, let's not forget we did the same with Kevin Sharder. We, you know, we, 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 we brought the player in and we, we paid for him um, or, the, or, the, or, the, or the payment structure started uh, six months first the line it's a little bit longer this time but it's it seems to be the way that ffp is circumnavigated it's it's kind of it's not it's it's just yes it's just working out different different sort of fi financial year endings isn't it? and putting payments into um kicking it into the long grass slightly so if it works for both of us it doesn't affect brentford's um cash flow which i can't see it being you know 150 million a year we get for being in the prem uh give or take that's best part of half a billion pounds for three years in the Premier League. We haven't spent that on players, um, so it's it's it it probably would obviously be better for everyone if they just bought the player and the money turned up in the back of a Brinks map van the next day. But that's not how football works. So um, we just we're just kind of learning ourselves as well. It, it what you, you can interpret if you've got a glass glass half empty mindset, you can interpret it as us being done. But you that you kind of you give like um, 
uh, Phil Giles and the team a massive disservice because we haven't been shafted in the transfer window for over a decade. And you honestly think it's going to start now? Do you, you honestly think that we're going to give Arsenal such a, such a gift and, and literally risk having our prize, prize asset go there, get broken, hand it back to us? That's just not going to happen because, you know, it, it, that would be naive. Um, so I, 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 you know, yes, of course, you kind of like scratch around and you look for the look for the facts. But, you know, it, it's as I said, it's no different to the Kevin Stada deal where we, we bought him in and we paid for him this summer. We made, we, you know, it all kind of got all the all the all the T's were crossed and all the I's were dotted. And it's going to be the same with Raya this time next year. And he's extended his contract by a year as well um, at Brentford. Um, so, you know, we're, we're protected. Yes, indeed. And interestingly, because Spurs fans are now feeling a little bit bolshy. They're feeling a little bit rolling their shoulders because Harry Kane has gone. You know, as far as I was concerned, I mean, Harry Kane should have gone two years ago. But that's kind of us with our Brentford mentality. You know, the guy is, you know, a great striker. He, he scores some brilliant goals. But at the end of the day, he is, you know, he is coming to the, you know, the sort of kind of peak of his career. And if somebody wants to offer you £100 million to us, you know, you take that money and your scouting system should be good enough so that you can find, you know, a player or two players or three players that can make your team better. But not all teams work like that. So Tottenham have held on to him and held on to him. Their fans and everybody just wanted to hold on to him again because they were worried they're never going to find another player like him. But he's gone. He's going to go off to Real Madrid and they're going to get themselves you know, roughly about £100 million. Bayern, pounds. Bayern, Bayern Munich. Bro. Bayern Munich, sorry, not Bayern Munich. I said Real Madrid. They're going off to Bayern Munich um, for uh, £100 million ish. Um, and Spurs fans are now feeling a bit bolshy. And I think there's one Spurs fan. And he's actually, um, he's actually a, a quite famous coach as well. I'm not going to mention his name. He's a good mate of mine as well. And uh, we were having a little chat today and he's saying, right, here we go. We've just sown Kane. We're going to come in and we're going to take Ivan Tony from you. £50 million. And I just thought it's hilarious because I just thought, you know, um, actually, did he say 50? Uh, did he? Yeah, no, no, he didn't even do it for a price. We're going to take Ivan Tony for you. There's no price that is put on it, actually. And I just thought, really, if you if you look at the history of how kind of Tottenham have done business, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's really going to happen, to be quite honest with you. Um, but it would be quite an interesting move because the reality is, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, they could come in. And they could get Ivan Tony now, most probably, if they whack down 50 or 60 million pounds on the table. And they'd be ahead of the game, ahead of everybody else who might be queuing up for him in January. Do you think this is something that might happen, Laney? Well, there is still, as you said, three weeks of the transfer window to go. If, if anyone has got um, an ounce of sense, they, you know, there is probably a deal to be done there. You know, there's a question we spoke about it a lot, didn't we, over drinks when we were away? That have we seen the last of Ivan Tony in a Brentford shirt? And you could argue that we have. You know, I think I think he still owes us um, to extend his contract so he can make sure that we're, when he does go, that we, we we sort of max out on on, on his on his worth. Um, but yeah, I, I'm honestly surprised that someone didn't come in and buy Raya Antonia's package. You know, especially Arsenal. I, if I'm being really honest with you, I mean, I don't get me they wrong. Afford, I they couldn't afford to with the, with the amount they spent. The no, not the FFP, I think. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think he's. I think the pair of them would be a better signing than Declan Rice. But that's that's a different argument. But but you know, they need teams need a striker and a goalkeeper and a goalkeeper that knows how to pick out. Uh, um, Ivan Tony with, with, with his kicking. It, it's almost like you're, you're, you're buying 
two perfect cogs to put into another machine um so i'm sure there's a deal to be done there i mean i don't i don't want it to happen i, I, I want them both to stay at brentford but you know i'm a realist and at some stage we we did have to go back to um turning profits on players because we we, we have to remain a sustainable football club and that is that is buying players in and allowing them to come to their peak and and probably selling them on so we can improve and 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 kind of move up the the premiership pecking order so uh, yeah it's inevitable that he will go Ivan Tony will do what, what Ivan Tony wants we've spoken about this and Ivan Tony will want a move um fairly soon ish you know in in the next year for sure so yeah I mean he would be a really good replacement for for um, Harry Kane for sure and we had this argument when he got selected to play for England as well you know he, he, Harry Kane obviously always uh, comes first because he doesn't have to explain his, his, his scoring record to anyone um, but of the of the best of the rest Ivan Tony is, is sort of just just behind him so if you are looking for a Kane replacement um, Ivan Tony would be top of anyone's list there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And talking about placements, talking about players coming in as well. The ongoing saga of Mr. Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest. That's been going on and on. Um, you know, a lot of people might think it's a bit of paper talk. My argument is that um, let's just say that, you know, the fact that we were after and we were not even sniffing around, but we put in a bid for Brennan Johnson when he was actually playing for Lincoln City. He was playing for Lincoln City on loan from Nottingham Forest in the playoff well, in the, well, all the way during that Division One season, and then he played in the playoff semi-finals and the playoff finals as well. Lincoln didn't get promoted to the championship that year. Um, he went back to Nottingham Forest. We put in a bid that year for about, I think it's about twelve million pounds. Eventually, it kind of went up to, and didn't quite come about. Uh, Brendan Johnson was an unknown quantity in Forest at the time that we actually put the bid in we didn't know what it was like but we put in like a 12 million or maybe about you know and I think they probably wanted 14 million and we were like mm, you know he's played division one we're not quite sure what he's like they didn't take the deal we he carried on and he started playing for them that season had a brilliant season all of a sudden you know in retrospect you could go oh, could have, probably could have paid the extra two or three million and it'd been completely worth it but those were one of those things that had happened he was unproven in the championship at the time did really well in the championship however of course, his price is rising and rising. They got promoted to the Premier League, did well in the Premier League. At that stage, Brentford normally pull the ejector button and say, we didn't get in early like we normally do. And now he's much more expensive. We're not going to. But the fact we're still chasing Brennan Johnson and the price is 30, 35 million, whatever it may be. My argument is I'm saying, and again, we do little due, due diligence, is that Brentford rate him. And I know for a fact that the coaching team rate him one of the highest players out there that they rate. So they're chasing him because they rate him. Of course, it's going to get to only a certain level 
before they may duck out. But we're rating the Drennan Johnson. Now, whether or not he comes in, there's a rumour, and I'm laughing actually, because we're talking about Tottenham again. There's a rumour that Tottenham are also interested in Brennan Johnson, but whether or not they, they do their usual Tottenham nonsense and uh, <laughs> start upsetting people by actually not putting the money down. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying to get the money out of us. You know what I'm saying? So try and get the money out of Tottenham. It might even be harder. So we've got that scenario. Yeah, so Brennan Johnson is one of the players that, yes, we are definitely still after Brennan Johnson, but we're after a number of players. He's not the only one. There's a number of like, you know, irons in the fires are out there and whichever one comes in, uh, we'll bring it in. I mean, the Brennan we'll come back to in a moment, but the Nico Gonzalez is the interesting one now. Uh, he's the Argentinian international, plays for Fiorentina, scored 14 goals and got six, five assists for them last season now. Uh, he plays up front, you know, he can't have a play on the left wing, but he also plays up front as a striker and also on the right wing as well. Good player. Um, lots of buzz around him as well. So this has come in as a little bit of a curveball on the, on this whole kind of Brennan Johnson situation as well. And, you know, we were sitting down there chatting saying, hmm, I wonder if like the Nico Gonzalez, they've sort of thrown that in there just to give kind of Nottingham Forest and Brennan Johnson a, a kick up the butt. Not saying we need to get Brennan Johnson to kick up the butt, because what I can gather, his relationship with Nottingham Forest has changed um, somewhat over the last couple of months when a few things have happened. I think, I don't know if it's between him and the club and between him and the fans, whereas you know, his dad and him were very loyally kind of connected to Forest. But I think a few things happened, which probably has upset them a little bit, which means that they've been a little bit more open to looking at other opportunities. So uh, that's what's quite interesting. But I think it's a case of actually trying to get the fee agreed more than anything else with the Brendan Johnson situation. But this Nico Gonzalez, he looks quite interesting, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah, he does. He looks an incredible player, you know, but the, you know, the buzz, um, whether it's social media, whether it's factual is, you know, it says the player is inclined to decline Brentford's offer when they're not excited about a potential move. Um, so maybe he's, he's, he's got his, his sites and his agent sites are, you know, further up the food chain than Brentford, but, you know, to achieve premiership football in a really exciting team, you know, he, he could do far worse and, uh, it's it's just interesting to see us sort of like r ramping up the kind of players and the prices of the players uh, that we're that we're interested in. You know the Brennan Johnson thing, it's one that doesn't go away. Um, I, you know, you, you, we could be kind of slightly um, accused of obsessing um, over the Brennan Johnson, I, the one that got away. Um, yeah, you, you know, the, there has been there has been history. We, we've been looking at him and mapping his progress, and he he's surely one that the DOFs and 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 the team would be uh, delighted if they'd have got that signature 18 months ago. But 40 million plus, it's it seems like. You know that's that kind of breaks our kind of mold of you know we're we're paying top top dollar, um, and we normally pay less than top dollar and and and, and achieve the top dollar. That would be changing, flipping it a little bit. But if if they if they see something there that will propel us into the European places, then you know I, I'm I'm personally not as convinced as it seems they are. But you know, I, who am I? Um, you know, it's it's you know it's another one with you know the, the Michaelo Mudrich where we were in and we bid a lot and it never quite happened and then he went for city money elsewhere. Um, you know, we are persistent about some players and some some do work and some don't. But, you know, the word of warning, we we were kind of this dog with a bone about Saman Godos as well. And, you know, we got him out eventually, but he didn't quite work out how anyone hoped, I don't think.
Yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, I think, which is true. I mean, Samantha Dobrodos wasn't anywhere near 40 million. I mean, I think it's a couple of few million, you know what I'm saying? So, different type of scenario as well. Um, and, and interesting also is that the, the rumor is that we bid around about 26 million for him as well. Um, maybe it's another rare type situation where, you know, maybe they, they, they say 40 million, you know, we bid 20 million, you end up paying 30 million for him. Um, again, it's interesting that he's talking about the fact that he's not interested talking to Brentford. Whereas again, we do a bit of due diligence and we kind of sort of sniff around our contacts in and around the leagues and around the place as well. And from what we can gather, there are still things that are ongoing and there's still kind of uh, action and talks that are happening. So at the end of the day is that there's nothing kind of being shut down um, at all, you know, with this uh, with, with this transfer. You know, it's still ongoing, as are lots of other um, transfer talks going on. And it's almost like, you know, if you can imagine like you've got the circus, you sort of see, you know, these uh, these <laughs> these uh, circus acts sort of juggling balls and some of them sort of juggling two balls and three balls. And then you've got one guy that's juggling about 25 different balls. Like I'm saying that's, I think, kind of what it's like with Brentford, you know, where we've got all these things which are happening and they're all hot, like I'm saying, but one of them's going to come in eventually, fingers crossed. So we've got all these balls juggling. So yes, there's going to be lots of news about lots of deals that we're trying to do, but you've got to try and do all these deals similarly at the same time because not all of them are going to come in and one of them are going to come in eventually and like I said to you this is just one of the ones you know it's going to be interesting um, what I thought is interesting as well is that you know he, he seems to move well he's moved kind of every couple of years so a couple of years ago he was at Stuttgart he scored 22 goals from 72 starts from Stuttgart um when he was uh, at Stuttgart, he was looking for a move. And one of the teams that's interested in moving is, is Brighton, which obviously are very similar in the way that they go about their business as to what we do as well. And they were very interesting in signing him at the time. Um, it didn't obviously quite happen because he went to Fiorentina. Um, so, you know, that's the scenario. So it's interesting that Brighton, who are very much on the money when it comes to signing players, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're say, a and put my music head on there. You know, their scouting is very much on point so I think that this player again he's obviously proven himself at that next level if we're actually kind of looking in there to think we're going to bring him in so I think this could be a potentially an exciting player to come to us but I think there's still a bit of a way to go from what I can gather yeah and you know as I said there's worse places he could come if he's if, he's, if he thinks he's you know he's he's destined to play uh, a higher higher um, higher club than than us then come to us and use it as a stepping stone for two or three years and you you know you can come uh, prosper at Brentford help us progress and you get your dream move to a Man United or an Arsenal um, further down the line because you know the the, the Raya move um, if nothing else it, it, it is groundbreaking for us as well I mean you know we have now got the the runners up in, in, the, in the Premier League buying players from us that that's not really happened for a, you know I, I can't have we ever sold anyone to Arsenal in my lifetime don't think that's don't think don't think so mm. um so it's 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 showing that our players uh, are at that level um and Ivan will go to someone of that caliber as well and you know the the unsung hero Rico Henry will 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 possibly go to someone at that level if if he if he were ever sold um it, it, we are we are that good now and you know, so if, if Gonzalez wants to come and put himself um, in the in the you know in the in the Man United or the Liverpool window or the Man City window, then 
come, come and do it in a red and white striped shirt and um, I'm sure that'll happen so you know I, I think he'd be foolish to kind of just go oh I don't fancy the name Brentford I'm, I'm not excited by it it's uh, he just needs to look at what we've done and uh, you know be, be a part of it it's, uh, it's, it's it's truly exciting so I don't I don't think any any player now would, should just discount us as a move just because of our name mm. Absolutely not. So listen, I mean, no one's discounting anything at the moment. And I'm definitely not discounting the fact that we might actually score a few goals on Sunday when Tottenham come down to New Griffin Park. They're not going to be looking forward to it, even though saying that there's a little bit bullshit now. You know, uh, a few Tottenham fans saying, yeah, I hope you're prepared for us on Saturday. You're going to be a bit scared and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking, OK, we've got nothing to lose, you know. So uh, let's just see how it goes. Tell you what, we're going to go away, have a little drink. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Tottenham game Tottenham coming to Brentford on Sunday first game of the season big game London Derby we've got three London Derbies lined up week after week which is a little bit annoying for me because I'm going to be over in America so I'm going to have to be catching myself up in one of these American bars week on week in different cities going to check out the bees but you'll be there Laney loads of other bees will be there Tottenham fans will be there and it's going to be exciting. The weather's good as well. A few bit of drinking before the match, a bit of drinking after the match. Get yourself down the globe and have yourself a right good time or wherever else you want to go, of course. Um, looking forward to this, actually. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it on the other side of the pond. I know you're looking forward to watching it on this side of the pond, Laney. But what do you see? How do you see Brentford from all these? And listen, we we keep on touching on it. These pre-season games that we've seen, which has given us a little bit of a kind of eye into kind of what Brentford will be doing. And also, it's not given us a bit of an eye because, as you said, you know, Sharda was literally kept out of the limelight in 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 um in 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 in, in America. You know, Norgard was kept out of the line. Okay, he had a new kid, so he's, he had a new baby. So he stayed at home when his new baby was born, you know, which is fair play to him. But he was kept out of the limelight. And so they kept out of the limelight last week as well. So we don't 100% know what is happening. Yeah, we did see, what, one half of Sharda when he was out there in America against uh, Aston Villa, I think it was. But mm. I think that was about it, really. So I'm just thinking, what really are you expecting I mean, if you check out pride of west london the final podcast we did from america we sat down there and everyone predicted their opening lineup for the tottenham game are you still going with that lineup that we all kind of agreed on in that podcast laney yeah no i'll, I'll stick with that but you know what, what i am expecting us is, is to scare the life out of tottenham on, on sunday afternoon and, and we, we'll we'll go about them and we'll set about them um, and we will create chances and we will make sure that the debut of their new goalkeeper is is, is kind of a, a really nervous one. Um, we played we played four teams in our build-up to uh, to the season. You know, you can knock the summer series and, and the fact that it was in the States, but you certainly can't knock the calibre of the opposition. You know, we, we, Brighton, we played Villa and we played Fulham um, and then we played Lille. Um, in the last game, which was a real stern test. Lille were a very, very good team. So the four, for the four teams that we played recently are pr arguably better than the Tottenham team of last season. The Tottenham team of last season was, well, I mean, it's not controversial. They, they, they massively underperformed. You know, they sacked their manager because they weren't performing. And, you know, it, 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 it they're not performing at the level Spurs fans want. That's not a dig. That's not. A, it's not. A, you know. It's not a snidey kind of like, you know, um, 
gripe at them, it's a fact. You know, we beat them. We beat them at New White Hart Lane three-one, and we we should have beaten them on Boxing Day, where a two-goal lead. You know, if it hadn't have been for the brilliance of Harry Kane that day, he scored a brilliant header. He scored an incredible goal um, at their place. You know, um, at the end of May. So. You know, you take Harry Kane, I know it's not confirmed, but it looks like he will go and it looks like he probably won't play anyway. But you take him out of that team, we, we've proved last season we are a really good match for them. Yes, of course, they've still got great players and we have to be at our best. Of course, it goes week in, week out against any team in the Premier League. You know, we've, we've taken scalps all the way through our time at this level and we stand a really good chance of taking another one um, on so, so it's not like oh, Spurs are crap. No, of course they're not. They're they're a really good, solid, quality Premier League team who will do pretty well this season. But I I I I back us because from from the way we've been playing um, during the close um, during the preseason, we I keep going on about it. We have created huge, high quality chances, and we will continue to do that. Yes, of course we have to take them. So if we if we can do that, and we need players um, from from wide positions and coming from deep to chip in with goals as well, while Tony's not around. So you know, the 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 Brentford players and the Brentford coaching staff will have a game plan, and Thomas Frank out manoeuvred and out tactics some of the best in the game the last season, and I think he's got the making of another three points. Right. And interesting, you were talking about the um, the levels, right? You were sort of saying that, you know, basically how Tottenham underperformed and, you know, how Brentford, in effect, are actually kind of, you know, you believe are a stronger side than Tottenham maybe or, or ended up last season. And it's going to be a little bit tricky for them. Obviously, we beat them towards the back end of last season. They could turn around and say, ah, that was in the past. We're going to move forward. But we can only go on those <laughs> information to a certain extent. Now, looking at the stats, I just thought while you're chatting there, I'm going to pull up the uh, the, the Justice League, as they call it. It's, it's a stats league which basically hits every team in the world against each other. And I just pulled that up because I wanted to just try and get an idea of the teams that we've been playing recently and how they match against us. Now, in the Justice League, Brentford, um, again, is this is, like I said, a statistical-based league based on sort of the chances that you create and the chances that, you know, against you as well. So it's sort of kind of giving that kind of vibe as well as to kind of what you're creating. So technically, you know, if, if you're a British striker, you score loads of goals if you're creating great chances. So anyway, so Brentford are now 20th in that league at the moment now. Lille, who we played and we drew nil all with, are 19th. So it just goes to show you that the two sides are very, very evenly matched. Just above us are Ajax, Inter Milan, Man United, PSG, you know, Atletico. Now, talking about the US tour as well, Aston Villa coming at 13th in the Justice League as well, which goes to show you how much they've improved over the years as well. Above them are Benfica, Leipzig, and then above them at 10th place, are Brighton, who we also played on the US tour. So Brighton are the, the toughest team that we've played. And, and that was a very, very good match. Um, you know, I say it's a good match. We were, I think, unlucky in that game. We created a numerous chance. We just didn't put the ball in the back of the net. We got beaten 2-0 by Brighton, who were playing, as Danny said, a little bit more defensive. They were sort of soaking up our attack and then just hitting us on the break. But that is where Brighton are, just below Dortmund, Napoli, Newcastle, Arsenal, Liverpool, Real Madrid. You know what I'm saying? So that's where they are now. I started to scroll down a little bit to find out actually where Tottenham are and I scroll down past Leon and Feyenoord and Chelsea who are 24th interestingly you know Alfredo will be at Bobeo at 28th Celtic at 30th and I'm still going 
34th is Marseille, 38 Crystal Palace. And in the Justice League here, we've got Tottenham just below FC Cologne and RB Salzburg at 43. And this is the Justice League. Of course, it's not the, the real league. It's not the league where the points are. But again, it just gives an idea of what the statisticians have seen in the way that the teams play. So there they are. And then below them, well below them, are Fulham, who are in 50, um, 56th place, who we also played on the US tour. So they were kind of the lowest ranked team out of uh, out of the teams that we're talking about at the moment now. Now, Laney, I mean, do you find that interesting? Yeah, I do. With, with QPR on that list. Yeah, well, listen, keep on talking because I'm scrolling. I'm still scrolling okay. down at the moment get, now. You need to get one of those like really fast mouse wheels. That's that right. Okay. Yeah, I I've, really just, I've just ordered another one on Amazon, actually. I'm, I'm down to 157 and I haven't got there yet. But keep, keep talking. Just keep yourself, talking about yourself. Get yourself, get yourself a ladder. That's um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do find it interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, we, we, we famously kind of almost apologise still for, for, for using this, this data and using the, the term XG as well, you know. Um, if, if you still don't believe in it, then it's, it's down to you, obviously. But you know, um, it, it's proved to be the, a great metric and a great barometer, season in, season out. And obviously, you can obviously take snapshots at any particular time during the season when the, when the data is working against you. But over the course of a season, the, my famous, it's a nine-month season. Over the course of a nine-month season. The, the ability to create high quality chances means that you're probably going to score goals and um, uh, they're important to win games. You obviously need a striker and we've got, we've got a situation that, you know, that needs resolving. But if, if, it, if, if, if Ivan is still with us um, at the end of August, then, you know, we, we, we've got that sort of ticking clock then of, of him being reintroduced into the, the training ground and then obviously uh, getting back to full fitness and then obviously pulling on, uh, on a Brentford shirt in anger um, into the new year. So, um, yeah, it is, it is the Justice League works for me. I mean, it works for me because we're, we're riding so high in it, but it just underpins uh, just everything else, really. You know, it's, sometimes it's you, you need something to measure yourself against. You can you feel like you're doing well. You feel like you've got a great squad and you feel like you're creating loads of chances and it feels like you've been unlucky here and there. But if you've actually got a number against it and, um, and you've got all that data that's been fed into... Um, you know, uh, a machine or an algorithm or, or, or a table, then it just shows you that you're doing the right things. And, and just coming back to, I just I've managed, I've scrolled all the way down. I've actually did find QPR lady QPR at 100, 392 in the Justice League, just above Hammerby as well, and just below Colorado and also sort of Nisky Novgorod um, Grasshoppers. They're below Huddersfield, obviously 385. Uh, they're even below Charlotte FC, who were actually only formed last year. The the new MLS team that I follow as well, who are actually at 381. I think they are they 381 or 361. Um, yeah, so 300, 361 is Charlotte FC, just one place above Birmingham City as well. And there were a couple of places below Barnsley. Uh, so, so it kind of, kind of gives you an idea. So uh, to say that we are poles apart from QPR at the moment now is probably a little bit of an understatement. Yes, I would have to 100% agree with you there. And it was just so, so brilliant. So it put a massive smile on my face just to see them kick off their new, uh, new season in such impressive form, being 4-0 down at half-time uh, at Watford. I was just, just a bit disappointed that Watford didn't uh, really go for the juggler in the second half. But there you go. I'm, I'm sure we've got more of those. That's right. Up. 
and, and apparently their goalkeeper, QBL goalkeeper, was the player of the match. And he, and he actually got to the, uh, what's it, the EFL team of the week as well. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, what's this going on here? And apparently the QBL fans say, if it weren't for him, it would have been 12 or 13. So anyway, but listen, just that's a little interjection onto our friends down in West London. But we're going to bring this back to this game. Tottenham coming down to New Griffin Park. We've got Ricky from Last Word and Spurs. He's going to give us the lowdown, the latest lowdown on Tottenham. Hey there guys, Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Do hope you're all keeping very, very safe and well. Apologies for the tone of my voice if I come across very dull. We are just obviously reflecting on the news from our end that we're in the process of selling Harry Kane to Bayern Munich and it looks like it's been a done deal with Harry due to travel to Munich to undergo a medical. I would love to try and just give you some form of feeling as to how... And I'm trying to process that right now. I will. We'll come back to Harry. We will. Um, essentially, look, looking back at last season, if I have to do so, the pain of it. Tottenham, obviously, with an eighth place finish in the Premier League, not what Tottenham would have wanted, not what fans would have wanted, not what anyone would have wanted. Of course, it started to be at the start of that season so promising under Antonio Conte, and then in true typical Tottenham fashion, it swiftly unravelled itself very, very quickly, which resulted in the ending of Tottenham having two caretaker managers in charge of the football club. Before this summer, we turn our attention to Ange Postacoglu, who's come through the door, and in what has been really a real beaming light for us as fans, strong communicator, great brand of football, excitement once again, despite having this domination over Harry Kane's future throughout the moment. Postacoglu came through the door and even before that Spurs have been good during pre-season we've seen some really really good displays despite not always being on the right side of the score lines look I think if you overall analyse Tottenham's summer window so far there's still a lot more to do of course Spurs decided to go with Vicario from Empoli as their goalkeeping choice despite from what I was personally told agree in personal terms with David Rea I would try and like to find the words to tell you how I feel now seeing David Rea potentially rocking up at Arsenal, but I don't think they're actually broadcastable on your podcast. To put anger as a politest way is probably best that I leave it as that. Really, really frustrated that we haven't got David Rea in at Tottenham. I hope Vicaro is going to be good enough. I'll be honest with you guys, I think he's more of a project goalkeeper. I'm absolutely terrified by the prospect of the set pieces he's going to be facing against Brentford at the GTEC on Sunday. I think he looks to me like a goalkeeper that, positional-wise, is going to need work. And even just generally, if wise might need work too. So, we'll see. Look, young goalkeeper, willing to adapt, willing to compromise. Seems to be really, really excited to join the football club. So, look, that's what you want in terms of people. We'll give them every opportunity. In terms of what I've made of Tottenham's other signings this window, James Madison, proven Premier League player. I think no one will argue the fact that he comes straight into Tottenham's first eleven and ultimately does improve us. Mickey van der Ven, who came in this week, obviously, look, he's a centre-back we've been crying out for. Absolutely rapid pace. A player that will still need to take time to adapt to the Premier League. Only around 40 Bundesliga appearances, so not too experienced, but a player that definitely is growing in stature as he gets older, so one to definitely keep an eye on. Mala Solomon, of course, coming through the door. We would own him from Fulham. Again, free transfer, risk-free from Tottenham, really, if we're being honest with you. A player that you'd feel is more of an impact sub rather than a genuine first-team regular. So we'll see how he gets on. But look, guys, 
roads lead to Harry Kane on obviously what we're coming on to. It looks like ahead of the game against Brentford where within 48 hours of this game being prepared, Harry Kane looks like he will no longer be a Tottenham Hotspur player. He looks like he will be travelling to Bayern Munich to complete a medical and sign what we understand to believe a four-year contract with the German giants. Difficult to accept it, difficult to process it, but look, Harry Kane looks like he won't be a Tottenham Hotspur player, of course, ahead of the first game of the Premier League season. He made it clear from his perspective he wanted this situation resolved before the start. He's got what he wanted. Whether he really wanted Bayern Munich, I'm honestly not too sure. I can't see any upside in losing Harry Kane. That's my personal opinion. You know, a guy that guarantees you 30 goals a season over the course of what the last eight, nine seasons. Unbelievable leader. Unbelievable talisman. Would have, I'm sure, been Tottenham's captain this season with Hugo Lloris at apart. So, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm still mentally trying to come to terms with that and I won't be able to come to terms with it, to be honest with you. Um, in terms of what I'm expecting against Brentford at the weekend, I think I've already kind of laid that out for you. I'm expecting Brentford to be really, really competitive. Definitely, obviously, a threat for us to set pieces. It's never an easy place to go. The one thing I do take away from Brentford is that you are in yourselves a little bit of a transitional period. Of course, not your first choice goalkeeper in there, in David Rea, and obviously having to find a replacement, which you've now done. And also the fact that if Antoni is out now for a considerable period, so... Many would argue this is now the perfect time to play Brentford. Brentford may argue this is absolutely the perfect time to play Tottenham without Harry Kane and trying to recover themselves from what looked like a position where Spurs were going into the season in a really, really buoyant mood. It won't be buoyant. Fans will be angry. Fans will be frustrated from the Tottenham area. And I'm sure you'll see at the weekend Tottenham fans really voicing the disapprovement towards the hierarchy and the board for sanctioning the sale of Tottenham Hotspurs greatest ever footballer in the modern era their greatest goal scorer guys always a pleasure coming onto the podcast i wish you the very very best for the season i can't wish you the best for sunday you know why i know why as well but look i'm sure being for an entertaining game it will be two teams and i actually love i can say this now under this manager top i've got that want to play football the right way an attacking brand of football two teams going to win it will be a really really entertaining affair at the GTEC. I'm going to go with a 1-1 I would love to sit here and say Spurs will win but I think Brentford are going to make it difficult for Sunday so I will be honest and say a 1-1 and I look forward to catching up with you guys on the reverse fixture thanks so much I've been Ricky Sachs from The Last Word on Spurs. You can find us on iTunes or on Spotify or across all major audio platforms. And we're also on YouTube at Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much, guys. So there you go, Ricky. Last Word on Spurs. New season, new vibes. Always quite enthusiastic and positive, Ricky. And obviously he knows about the Harry Kane departure. And uh, how are they going to make about that? What are they going to do about that? What are they going to get out of the back of the end of that? You know, are they going to actually do something positive with the Harry Kane money or are they going to squander it or they're not going to bother spend it at all maybe they might not bother to spend it they might just say oh, that's all right we'll just stay as we are but um I think they need to do something because if not there's going to be a bit of a there's going to be a bit of barracking from the terraces again aren't there there's going to be a little bit more of a kind of you know get him out get him out going on in it yeah well at least their fans have got something to talk about now rather than the Arsenal goalkeeping situation which they seem to have been obsessing about the last 24 hours so uh, yeah they can they can worry about who they're going to bring in to uh, to replace Harry and um 
No, well, as, as, you, as we both said earlier, expect a twenty million pound offer to come in from uh, for Ivan Tony in the next twenty four hours, yes. or or not, as the case yeah. may be. Oh, yeah, that's right. They'll tell you it's happened. That it hasn't hasn't actually happened. And they're going to get really upset that we didn't accept us, and then they accept it, and then tell us, you know, we're absolute mugs, and who do we think we are, and all that kind of scenario. But like I said, it's to a you, bit, it's a bit West Hammy, isn't it? This yeah. is, it seems to be out of the same same sort of mould, really. Where they mm. kind of uh, yeah, they make stuff up. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. So listen, coming back to this game, okay, Laney, I know we discussed it on the um, post, well, I said to you, post USA Tour podcast, we discussed and we basically put it to a vote as to what players we thought were going to be in the team. But let's just let's just do a little recall on this as well, you know, just, just thinking about it as well. So listen, players who are going to be starting, the starting 11 for this uh, for this match. I mean, obviously, you know, it... Pff, there's, I mean, we talked about the idea of David Raya being a goal if he was available, but that, you know, that wasn't really going to happen. I mean, I know he went to America and he, he appeared for a little bit in the Fulham game, but he, he kind of disappeared after that. And I think probably that was probably the time when they kind of got a sniff that somebody else is going to be in for a minute. So there's no chance that David Raya was going to be playing in this game. So we've got Flecken, we've got uh, Stracosa. Flecken's going to be in goal. He had a, a little bit more of a, a calm down game against Lille, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he did. He, 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 it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it was a clean sheet. So, you know, he didn't let any any sort of, you know, critic, you know, any nothing sort of just well in off his shin and he, he, he balls up. So there was one long shot that he probably should have caught and he just kind of like it, it hit his hand and, and, and luckily went over. That that was a bit of a heart in mouth moment. But um, yeah, I, I think we have to just kind of get behind him now and, and, and hope that he can bed down. Okay, and, and defensively, I mean, we tried a little trick in America where we, we tried Hickey on the left, um, uh, you know, on the left-hand side, which again, just coming back to it, when Hickey originally was actually left back when he was at Bologna, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I'll check the stats, but I'm pretty sure that he played at left back. But when he came in, we've put him in on the right and he's played in the right all the time. And, and he went from strength to strength after a little bit of an interesting start to the season. You know, he's gone from strength to strength too. He's looking quite good. I know he got injured. He came back in, but we tried that as a bit of a trick. And it, you know, it, with him on the left and with no guard, no guard, no guard in the middle of the pitch, it was a bit of a disaster show there against, I think it was, I think it was against Aston. Was it against Aston it's Villa? Villa against, yeah. It was Aston Villa. Yeah, it was a bit like, oh no, what's going on here? You know, so that was a bit of a nightmare. But are we thinking it's going to be flipping back to Hickey on the right, um, uh, Rico Henry on the left? Is that what you're thinking? I'm I'm still going to pick Roslev as my as my right. Honest with you, I, I, he had a really good game against Lille. Um, he, he was trying some tackles at, at one stage in the second half. Coming forward, uh, I, I I think we'll go quite tight and conservative at the back. I mean, obviously the outlet is obviously. Rico, um, Rico Henry bombing, bombing on. That's 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 you know that that's that won't change. But I just think we'll you know we'll go you know Rosliff, Pinnock, me, Henry at the back, and um, I, I, that's what I would do. I mean Thomas, you know he may he may he may pick Hickey, um, and we've got two two players coming forward that we've got to give them something to worry about. I mean Rosliff doesn't give you that raw pace, but he he, he does come forward. He's, he's not he doesn't you know he's not shy of crossing the halfway line. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not vastly different, but you know, they, they certainly are. You know, um, they do offer you something different. Hickey seems to be faster. Uh, and 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 I mean, and I know you just went straight in for you know went for the me and the Pinnock combination. So you think Nathan Collins? Ah, uh-uh, no, you're on the bench, mate. Personally, yeah, I think he, he starts on the bench. Um, you know, Pinnock and me are 
uh, uh, bedrocks at the, uh, the back. I don't. I just don't see a see us risk changing that unless there's an injury. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, in the centre of mid, do you? I mean, we haven't seen him as such because he's not being kind of presented to us. But he did appear behind closed doors um, against, uh, well, against Lille. But we weren't allowed to see it. Now, the, the due diligence. That again, I use the word due diligence. You know, basically done a bit of sniffing around, and you know, Norgard is available and he's fit. So, do you expect fully expect to see Norgard in that CDM role? Hundred percent. Yes. He's, he's, he's been a player that we've kind of uh, missed for sure to be able to give us that kind of like um, um, real knowledge of how really we are going to be this season. That's mm. an important player for us. Yeah. And also, I mean, again, we're going to go another player that's, you know, he's a bit of a shoe in, you know, again, if he's fit and he is fit because he's been playing, but Jensen as well. So you presume that Jensen's going to be one of our midfielders. Is that right? 100%, yeah. yeah so, There's no way we're dropping him either. No, that's right. So the big question mark is who's going to be the other midfielder who's going to be playing, um, well, I say, alongside Jensen. And, you know, there's a few options out there. You know, we've got Justice Silva, who scored a great goal against uh, Aston Villa in America as well. We've got um, Damsgaard as well. You know, we've got a few little options there. What, what, are, you, what are you saying? To me, down, it's down to Damsgaard or Yanel really um, and I, I, I probably go you know um, it just gives you just more strength in the middle there um, he's you know he's he, he, you could argue that he's, he's slightly similar to Norgard but um, I, I, I think we 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 go hard and um, you know we, we just get the ball out wide and that's, that's um, we just have to cut the supply to, to, to their forwards you know whoever it may be I don't know who's going I don't know who they're going to start so um you know, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, I'm sure with Kat Kane out of the equation, it, it, it we may be we we may go more confident, Bill. It may be that means that Damsgaard will come in because we're we're actually more confident that we can we can just get at them rather than sort of defend against against Spurs. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I'm I'm going. I'm actually going to go Damsgaard. You know, just because uh, he he kind of seemed a little bit lively when I saw him. Uh, you know, a few times when he came on. In America, and I just, I, I just, I just, I'd like to see what he can, what he can do in this one. So, I mean, we're going to go three up front. Obviously, there's no Ivan Tony. So, what is your kind of, you know, what is your three-man combination up front, lady? Uh, Brian and Bumo on the right, KLP on the left, and uh, Mr. Shop down the middle. Or, 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 you know, or Mbumo and Sharda, you know, moving around a bit. But, you know, that's that's what happened with, with Tony to, to a certain extent. And, you know, they, they both can swap around. You know, Sharda's, okay, you know, he's, he's devastating on the wing as well. So, yeah, but I'll, I'll give Sharda his number nine start. Yeah. Yeah, and this—I mean, I think I'm the same as yourself. I mean, KLP, like I said to you, he had some really good touches, some really good games over in the states, and it's almost like you know you've got to sometimes just give some players a bit of a run out. And uh, for him, instead of chopping and changing the whole time, give him a bit of a run out. And I think he deserves a bit of a run out to see what he's like. He—he—he he, he there's one game where he just took a touch from heaven. I mean, the ball came down, and his touch was just like, whoa! How did you do that? So I think you know him on the on the left hand side, bombing down and causing problems down there, and, and, and because we are 
are devastating on the break. We are devastating, you know, on the right and Bumo as well. And Sharda as well. Could you imagine the three of them, right, just kind of like basically gulling at a, at a defense, you know? And I, I don't know whether or not, and I've kind of tried to sort of do the due diligence, but I haven't really been given the answers to why Sharda has been missing. I don't know whether or not he's injured, whether or not we're just trying to keep him as a secret weapon. I quite don't know quite, you know, because obviously with that US tour thing, you know, it was all over the TV. It's a really high profile kind of pre-season you know as normally if you play a pre-season you know you're kind of tucked in a little bit and you play some matches and somebody might have to request the video to have a look at it but this is properly high profile so maybe we we're trying to keep our our, our our cards close to our chest in this one with uh with Sharda and 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 the other moves that we're doing and uh and we'll see what they're going to do but I think that you know if if he's on his game I mean there's that one moment when he got away and the only thing I think the opposition could do is just take him out because that's just that's all they could do because he was just so fast so uh, I think it's going to be a a really interesting challenge between us and newly fresh Tottenham with their new manager in tow. Yep, you know it's I, you know Eric Dyer. Uh, he's he's past his peak, and I think he's in for a, a really really tough afternoon unless he's injured and, and, and not available, which I'm not aware of. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I think we I think there's a lot for Spurs to be worried about. You know, take take nothing for granted, but all the evidence is is that we we, we are we are um, you know Friday Saturday night, um, sorry Sunday, it's 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 uh, we would have seen everyone else uh, play their games. Everyone's going to be bang up for this one. I I I just it's going to be a decent atmosphere in the stadium, and, and I and I just think it's all shaping up for a, a really good start to the season. Excellent, excellent. So listen, Laney, I'm going to have to ask you. For a score prediction, I am going to go for a 2 1 Brentford win. Oh, and I'm going to start off where I kind of was very successful last season. I'm going to go 2 0 to the mighty, mighty Vs. So there you go. So, anyway, listen, it's been, uh, it's been good to try and get ourselves back in the driving seat talking about Brentford first game of the season very very exciting looking forward to Spurs coming down Spurs fans listening you can drink literally in any pub in Brentford or Kew there are a million pubs out there they're all very friendly no bounces on the door nonsense like you have up at Tottenham you can go literally anywhere you want to just have some manners have some drinks talk to Brentford fans and have yourself a laugh and go off to the game we We'll be putting out a podcast straight after the match, prideofwest.london. Check it out straight from the terraces. It'll be up live probably two hours or so after the final whistle. want to thank everybody for buying us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you very, very much indeed for that as well. Also, thank you for supporting us and checking us out on prideofwest.london, our podcast that we put out there over the summer big up to you as well big up all the americans that i met out in america you're wicked we had to proper laugh actually i'm gonna go and try and find my peruvian hat so i can actually be part of that peruvian posse and get myself a, a nice flowery brentford shirt as well but as i said i've got laney in the place good afternoon good afternoon to you lady my name's billy grant billy the b and i will check up you up next week as well we'll be going to come back with the next podcast but enjoy yourself at the match Enjoy the sun. Put some suntan lotion on. <laughs> As we say, come on, newbies. Gal Brentford. Yeah, bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.